1: This is Central Texas Living with Ann Harder. It is a delight to uh, be talking to Amanda Haygood, who's the director of special events for the Greater Waco Chamber of Commerce. You always amaze me, Amanda, because you've got so much going on all the time. And
0: listen, it is, um, it is a fun opportunity. how long have you been with the chamber um five years really Mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm so um it's kind of you know trial by fire just get in and go with it but um but it's been I've learned a lot um in these past five years and so things have changed are consistently changing in Waco but um we're doing great things there and so you're right there is always always something going on consistently all the time. Well, and it was a delight to have you come be on the TV show, the TV version
1: of Central Texas Living, uh, because there were so many great events that you were having. But what you started a couple of years ago mm-hmm. uh, has to do with women. So let's talk about the
0: leading Waco women. Uh, series. Yeah. So um, actually last, this time last year is, um, you know, we were having some conversations internally about doing something for, for women and really recognizing um, groups of women and just the women business leaders. And um, coincidentally, our, our friends down the street, i at Texas First State Bank. We're having the same conversation and, you know, Rodney Kroll is really really big in this endeavor um, and this initiative. And, you know, he was making a lot of business loans to women who were in business, who are women business owners and, you know, entrepreneurs that were starting their own businesses. And he was like, hey, we've got to recognize, you know, these folks. And so um, his vision and our vision and, you know, voila, Leading Like a Woman was birthed. Um, and it's been a really fun a really fun couple of years doing this. Um, you know, we've broken it down into like a three part series. And you, Anne, you've been in from the beginning. Yes so <laughs> I've been so uh, happy to, to be a part of this. Yeah. It's been um, it's been a blessing to have you, you know, in on this too. But it's it's a three part series. Mm-hmm. Well it's interesting that you started off with a big award. I mean, and this is a big national Thing that's been
1: around for years and years But it's never happened in Waco
0: Right Um, So we are affiliated with the Athena International um, organization There are a couple of other cities In the state of Texas That are affiliated with them also um, But it's few and far in between And so And we were really, really excited to bring this to Central Texas. Um, But yeah, the Athena International Leadership Award is what we are partnered with um, for leading Wicca women. And we gave our first one or awarded the first uh, recipient and announced her back last November, uh, well, in 2018. Yeah, November, a year ago. And then the second one here in November of 2019. And so. Uh, we kind of start there. Um, we do a, a huge lunch that day, and that's kind of the the serving summit of the series, uh, because we feel like leadership is first and foremost serving. Um, and then, of course, the second series of that is empowering. And the third piece of that series is, um, is mentoring, because those are kind of, th- there's a lot that goes into being a leader, um, but those are kind of the three categories that we've broken it down into.
1: Well, I love the way you, you bring a lot of these different women who are leaders in the community to share their vision, their heart, their experiences with uh, balancing motherhood and challenging careers or, you know, a mission or a calling or whatever it is uh, that they're doing and
0: remarkable stories, really. It is, and I think that's that's part of the beauty of this is because, you know, so often we as women, we see, you know, great and grand and and beautiful women that are doing amazing things. Um, And we can often judge ourselves against them because they're, they're doing great things, but it's great to hear the camaraderie and just the, the similarities and, and, and stories with them and that they have some of the same struggles that we have. And so, you know, you never know what someone has been through in order for them to be in the spot that they're in now. And so, um, that's, that's encouraging. It's empowering. Um, and to just to watch women and what listen to to what they experience as women business owners or just you know women in leadership in their organization. Um, it's it's really enlightening. Well, the
1: mentoring aspect, um, and that in all of these different uh, programs kind of happen in different, locales really have different venues Mm -hmm. Um, but last year it was at the Carlene Bright Arboretum and and it was a breakfast as opposed to a lunch Mm -hmm. because a lot of the women who come they're working they're taking off work in order to spend two two hours two and a half hours at an event Um, but there was a lot of hands-on kind of discussion at the table and, you know, a chance for people to really kind of self-evaluate. And I thought that was a very instructive.
0: Yeah. Um, w- kind of the, the goal behind that is one doing at different venues and having a little bit different um, topic and, and just conversation there. But we, by design wanted to make that particular um, summit kind of a workshop style type mm-hmm. thing. And we last year had so much, so much incredible feedback and, um, you know, some ladies come and they're sitting with coworkers, or they're sitting with other folks, you know, from their organization. Some come by themselves. And so they're with, you know, a table of strangers. But that was the, the beautiful part of that, that. We had so much feedback about, wow, this was, we don't often as colleagues, as, as coworkers, sit and talk about these things that we're facing on an everyday basis in our organization, um, as women business, you know, leaders or owners. And so, um, We're really excited about the mentoring summit, um, you know, that's coming. Well, all of all of the summits this next series. But um, so the plan is to continue on with this next year. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, We are working on, you know, dates for November and then, of course, into 2021, um, the empowering, which is usually in February. Um, Typically, it's the first Thursday of November february and april and Mm -hmm. so we're working on setting those dates and um, getting those speakers lined up and all of that fun stuff
1: of course uh, at this point when you're hearing this you know a lot of things have been canceled that were happening in march and april and um this uh, this third mentoring one of the series set for april but
0: it's not happening it's not happening um and of course you know Lots of things are being cancelled right now, um, but we are in the process of looking to reschedule that, um, and all of our ticket holders and sponsors are, you know, in the loop and and, and uh, contributing to that conversation as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, no, you know, no, a that, lot of things that I've
1: already been kind of in lined up to be involved with, they're pushing it to
0: late August. Yes, just to play it on the safe side. Yes, yes. In fact. And we're working on rescheduling our March events as well. And our March, our, one of our March huge events, and um, the Texas Food Truck Showdown, is going to be rescheduled um, until August. Oh, so, good,
1: good. Yeah. I mean, that's like tens of thousands of yes, people. Yes,
0: it's huge. It's huge.
1: Yeah, okay, well, so we've talked about the women thing. There are a lot of other things that uh, the Greater Waco Chamber of Commerce does. That's, you know, what are, what are some of the things up on the horizon? Well, we do
0: have, of course, uh, as we mentioned, the Texas Food Truck Showdown. And that is a huge, huge, huge event. Um, coming up a little bit later, we're, we'll be rescheduling the, um, Alan Samuel's Chamber Classic, which is right now, it was slated for May, but that one's going to be moving. Oh, that soon. you already know the May event mm-hmm. is moving. Mm. So, um, this whole, this whole thing has kind of rocked over a little bit, you a know? A little bit, you yeah. think? Yeah. You th-
1: I still haven't gotten over the NCAAs. I mean, really.
0: I know, I know, <laughs> we had, I know.
1: Yeah, we had tickets to the Final Four. We were planning to go watch the Lady Bears. Well, all right. I mean, there's been a lot of, you know, things that have, have changed, but right. you just do what you have to do and you right. move along, press ahead. And that kind of brings me to, you know, we we learned a lot of things from women and how they face the challenges of life. Uh, let's talk a little bit about you personally. I mean, I, you're a
0: single mom. I, I am a single mom. Um, and, you know, this was not my plan um, by any means at all, but God had different plans. And so um, I lost my husband 11 years ago. Um, we have a now fourteen year old daughter, and so um, life really threw me a curveball in mm-hmm. that. And I, you know, after that took place, I, I took a a couple of year journey trying to figure out who I was and where I was going and what God was doing with me in all of that. And um, I I ran a little bit and and you know made some some life choices as I was really just trying to to figure out who I was, and it was a really mm-hmm. tough situation, and so um, a little over six years ago, God brought me, and I say he brought me, because he really did, because I fought it. I did not want to come back to Waco, but, oh. <laughs> um, you know, he
1: He brought it me It is back the from, promised land, you it know.
0: It is, you know, and they <laughs> say there's no place like home, and it's true, yeah. there isn't, there isn't, <laughs> but, you know, um, God, is, God is, I believe that everything that happens in our life is for a reason, and... Um, Slowly but surely, I am unfolding, and and God is pulling out all of that um, in me to to really just shine His light. Um, I have a passion for women, which I it's part Obviously. of why it's yeah. part of why I love leading wicked women. Um, yeah. But I have a passion for women, and I'm involved heavily in my church um, and just helping helping women, you know, pull the best out of themselves and find their gifts and their talents and really what their purpose is. Um, currently, I'm working with some single moms and. Um, I never in a million years thought that me being a single mom would be an opportunity for, you know, God to use me. Um, but he is and it's beautiful. And I, it's just, God is just so good. Um, just any, any
1: advice, something that you've learned to someone who finds themselves in a similar position?
0: You know, I, I would definitely say to remember that everything happens for a reason. Um, And I don't know, you know, where where whoever's listening um, may be on their spiritual journey, but God is always with you, Um, always, always. And I know, as cliche as it sounds, like this too shall pass. It really, it really does get better. Um, You know, time doesn't heal all wounds, but God certainly does. And um, I fully believe that there's always a special place in your heart, whatever that, whatever's whatever has led you to being in this position and you're being a single parent, a single mom or a single dad, um, God will use it for good.
1: Well, that brings us to the... The end of our interview, but I'm I'm going to ask you some questions. I want to uh, end our talk today with my version of the late James Lipton's questions he used on Inside the Actors Studio. Okay, you familiar with that? A little bit. Yeah. Well, he he had a compilation of questions from Bernard Pivot and Marcel Proust, and uh, this is my little take on it. So, here we go. What's your
0: favorite word? Oh. Well, I have to say right now it's commit, because that's my word for 2020. So um, I'm committing to everything that God has called me to. What about your least favorite word? Well, I guess it's probably that, too. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: um, You got to walk the talk, That's huh? it. That is
0: it. That's
1: it. All right. What turns you on creatively, spiritually, or emotionally? Um,
0: definitely giving back and using... Um, using my story to, to benefit other people. I think creatively, I like, I like to be creative. I love doing things with my daughter. Um, I, I like to journal. I like to journal a lot. And so that I'm um, listening and I am an introvert through and through. And so I love to just have my quiet time and just journal and, and color and, you know, doodle. There's this whole new craze with Bible journaling. And so that's, that's my thing. I love it. Very good. Uh, what turns you off, spiritually or emotionally? Um, hmm. I would think that's kind of a tough one. Hmm. Um, a negative mindset,
1: mm-hmm.
0: not being open um, to being challenged, or the um, victim type mentality. What sound do you most love? Ooh. I really like the sound. Here's the introvert in me again. I really like the sound of rain when it's quiet. <laughs> yeah. Oh, lovely. But, you know, I, I have to say, I I love listening to, even though she's 14, I love listening to my daughter giggle. It's mm. just, it's so sweet. Yeah. What sound do you hate? Ooh. Of course, there's always the, like, scratching of nails on the chalkboard. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, there's definitely that. Um, gosh. Or smacking. That's not oh, a... Oh, gum? Gum? Yeah, Food? smacking gum. Oh, yeah.
1: okay. All right. Um, what other profession would you
0: like to try? Hmm. I didn't think that this would be my profession at all. So there's one for okay. you. Um, but, you know, I, I really feel like... Um, I am being led into into writing um, and doing some speaking things with, of course, like I kind of mentioned earlier, with single moms um, and more of a ministry focus. Which I'm already it's not a profession yet yet, um, Mm -hmm. but may lead you right. It may may lead me, um, but that's where my heart is.
1: What do you know? You wouldn't like doing at all, changing diapers. Okay, and uh, we'll end (laughs) with this one. What do you want to hear God say to you when you arrive at the pearly gates? well done Amanda my good and faithful servant well said thank you Amanda it's been a joy to have you absolutely here. thank you Anne all right thanks what a delight to uh, welcome Eric Shepard to the podcast our executive director of the Waco Civic theater and um, we are maintaining a respectable social distance from each other and we've got little screens in front of the microphones even mm-hmm. so yeah we're
2: table's been disinfected the chair yes, my everything hands. lysol
1: sprayed everywhere so yeah <clears throat> so between the allergies clearing clearing my throat mm-hmm. I don't know about you oh,
2: yeah this cool damp weather's great but yeah yes. yeah when there's toadstools growing in my yard I know well mm-hmm. you know it's that time of
1: year <laughs> it is that time of year and um for the Civic Theater, it's that time of year. You should be in the midst of rehearsing for a big, big show.
2: We were planning on opening a week from today, but that's not going to happen.
1: Yeah, right. So so here we are um, having to juggle some things. And so what do you know right now about the, the season we haven't finished yet? We've got Emma and the Music Man coming up.
2: Right. Um As it stands now, we're hoping that we can slide Emma to the Music Man time slot. Uh, So we'll move it from the end of March to uh, somewhere around the beginning of May. And our musicals normally run about three weekends, so that gives us time, I think, to uh, move it to that time slot. And presumably, sometime in May, uh, we'll all be able to gather in small groups uh, one of the nice things about one of those levels was is that uh, 250 used to be the the number for a few days of, mm-hmm. of, for gatherings, and that they may ratchet that up over time. Our house only seats around 200, so we may f- fit in one of those thresholds by the time an all clear of sorts is given.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, unusual times, though.
2: Yes. Really indeed.
1: strange times, and and um, of course for for your actors yes. and actresses, you know, this is something that they look forward to, and. It's, it's tough on everybody, but for people who, who kind of have a bent toward performing, you know, almost harder. So I guess they could still be studying lines and a lot of the stuff you can be doing at home.
2: They are. We've talked about that, and uh, they're ready to go when we, we give them the word. Uh, I think we'll probably need about uh, 10 days of rehearsal, because we were almost about to open as it was. It gives us lots of time to get the set finished. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes the paint's drying on the set on opening night. Yes, that's right. I, I think we're going to fit comfortably <laughs> under that hurdle this time.
1: Well, let's talk a little bit about you. Um, I know you have your Master's in Theatrical mm. uh, Directing from Baylor, yeah, so right. really Central Texas... Is not someplace you just sort of landed, no. you know, in midlife. Because I mean, you for more than ten years you were in Colleen, that's right, executive director of Vivoli Arts, mm-hmm. and so. Um, but the transition to Waco happened. How long ago?
2: I I moved here uh, to live uh, just about a year or so ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I lived in Temple uh, for the first year that I was here. Uh, so I started work at Waco Civic Theater in January of 2013.
1: Yeah, so it's been it's been a while. And it's, it's been a while, yes. And you've you've just done some. Tremendous things. Thanks. Uh, particularly in bringing. I mean, I'm thinking back over the, the the shows that have happened, and there've been a lot of them. Hmm. I've often said, you know, being around you is like drinking from a fire hose. You've
2: just got
1: <laughs> you've got stuff happening.
2: Well, if more is good, more should be better. Even right? more, yeah, even right. more should be it's, better. It's right? more
1: yeah. better? Yeah, for sure. Uh, and and in just a bit, we'll talk about what the upcoming season mm-hmm. is. But let's uh, let's reflect a little bit on the past shows. I know you've been in some yes. of the past shows. Yes, I have. As a, as an actor. But I, so so your training, let's talk about, you know, your past uh, performing and, and where all you have performed.
2: Well, I was a theater major in college until mm-hmm. I switched over to English and history. Um, so I did a number of roles at St. Edward's when I was there. And then I did small professional theater in Austin in the early 90s and kind of reached a point at which I thought I had gotten all of the parts or was doing all the work that I could do in Austin. So moved to New York and then uh, got accepted to a training program at Actors Theatre of Louisville in 1995 and spent the year uh, there in Louisville. And then they kept me on a little bit longer as a shop carpenter because I have those skills. And so I I worked in their scene shop uh, for several months after that. And that's when I started getting directing jobs. So uh, in 96, I directed in Indiana uh, and in Georgia, and then got another directing job in Texas. And it seemed like the universe was telling me, be a director. <laughs> <laughs> and along the way, as a, as a teacher, which uh, I had given up to uh, pursue my dreams of being an actor, I had met a number of folks, one of whom was the director of the master's program at Baylor, St- Dr. Steve Peters. And he invited me to come to Baylor to get my uh, master's in directing and so in the fall of 1996, I entered that program. And while I was there, I did a lot of acting. At least once a semester, I appeared in one production or another.
1: Fabulous shows at Baylor. Terrific. Kind of, and I got yeah. to work
2: with some great folks. Stan Denman, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, I got to work with him. I got to work with uh, Pat Cook, you know, uh, who's been retired a little while now. I, I used to say recently retired, but uh, she's she's working on uh, having as long a retirement as career. And I hope that really? she gets there. <laughs> oh, yes, Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, and uh, there were, uh, I guess Sally uh, is, Askins is one of the last faculty members, who was a faculty member uh, when I was there, but uh, have formed some lasting relationships, uh, both as a performer and as a director. And I'm in touch with some of those folks who were in our uh, directing cohort, but also uh, students who were undergraduates who've gone on to acting careers or a life that includes theater.
1: Well, and the Waco Civic Theater has also provided uh, a venue for some of those Baylor Actors and actresses to to have additional roles. You Absolutely. Know, kind of notches on their belt. <laughs> uh,
2: one of them would be John Deaver. Oh, uh, yeah. He's acted oh, on our stage from time I to time. I know, I and know. He's terrific. A great guy as well as a really good actor. Uh, and we're doing uh, Emma right now, mm-hmm. and uh, I was hoping I could lure him into coming back and do that because he did Pride and Prejudice with us a few years ago, and that was one of his favorite parts, but... Sadly, he has other responsibilities. I know.
1: Yeah, kind of busy with some other stuff mm-hmm. happening right now. Uh, what's your favorite role? Do you have one? You've done so many things.
2: I, You know, I loved doing Gomez Adams in The Adams Family. <laughs> I also loved being uh, in Boeing Boeing. Uh, I played a character who had this kind of frenetic energy and, and was trying to manage things, which seemed kind of similar to my life. Uh, friend of a guy who had three girlfriends at the same time. And so this friend was running interference for, uh, his, uh, flatmate. And, uh, that meant literally running around slamming doors jumping over furniture and it was a great time (laughs) loved doing it. Well
1: the the shows are all so entertaining and I know you have a a good base of support but could always use more Mm -hmm. season ticket holders how how difficult is that?
2: Well it's especially difficult in a time like now Mm -hmm. a a lot of our revenue comes from uh, ticket sales and with us unable to sell tickets uh, and be open to the public right now it hurts a little I mean we're gonna we're gonna be okay But uh, this is a challenging time, and if you have a a dedicated subscriber base, that can help you get through those times, and clearly there's work to be done uh, for that. And I'm hoping that uh, when we come out of this, that uh, a number of institutions like ours will see increased support as people realize something like this can really threaten the quality of life in Waco in in ways that aren't uh, having to do with our health.
1: Absolutely. You
2: want there to be something to come back to, you know, when you get to come back to it.
1: Yeah, of course, over the years, I've been really happy to be a part of your your fundraising effort Mm -hmm. with the the stars, and it's always so much fun, because we get to kind of take on the persona of of, of somebody else. Uh, Are you, you know, I I know with things a little bit up in the air, are you still planning to have a a fundraising show, Yes, we are going to have I know, it's usually late in the summer anyway.
2: It's late in the summer or early fall, and I think uh, everything in our schedule has shifted, so Mm -hmm. it may be November. Yeah. uh, or we may decide one of the first things we have to plan for is a fundraiser. Yeah. So uh, it <laughs> be earlier, yeah, right. That will become the priority, but yes, we will be doing that show again sometime soon.
1: Okay. Well, let's talk about next year. Next, next season. I know I've seen a list. I mm-hmm. probably wasn't supposed to, but I was at freedom <laughs> ball and ah. I know you graciously donated mm-hmm. uh, some tickets to that. And yes. I saw, Oh, well, I wanted to be surprised when we chatted, but right. I already have an idea.
2: It's a fairly poorly kept secret at this point. Uh, yeah. At
1: this, at this point. But, uh, Yeah, let's talk about next year's shows.
2: So uh, we'll open the season, whenever that is, uh, with Cinderella, Rodgers and Hammerstein's Cinderella. Uh And you may have just seen that Rodgers and Hammerstein is going to put that, the Leslie Ann Warren version, on TV. Mm -hmm.
1: I think there'll be a lot of people watching that.
2: And I think it was very kind of them to help us promote our show. There you go. Right. There you go. Uh, And then... We're doing a comedic take on uh, Robin Hood called Sherwood by Ken Ludwig. And we've done a number of his shows like Moon Over Buffalo. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, really, really funny. But also, uh, he has got such sensitivity to the original material. He's adapted a number of classic tales like The Three Musketeers, which we did a few springs ago. And so that's exciting. There'll be sword fighting and cudgel fighting and archery. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. Yeah. uh, And... Uh, that will be an awful lot of fun to do. Uh, it is scheduled for the fall. And then next January, January of 21, uh, we're going to do a show called Alabama Story, which is a brand new play. It's only about two years old. Hmm. Uh, it's currently playing at the Alabama Shakespeare Festival, uh, if they're still doing performances. Yeah. Uh, and it's about a children's book in 1959 that raised a, a bit of controversy. Uh, it was a children's book illustrated by the author about a, a, a white bunny and a black bunny playing and getting along and loving each other in the woods. And allegory was seen uh, by the some of the more uh, reluctant folks uh, uh, who thought, oh, well, that's a sign of times we don't want to come. So it became a segregation story mm. instead of a children's story. Mm-hmm. And so the, the drama that ensued from that, and there's some really funny parts to it too, but uh, one of the things that's important to us is that every year we do something that's literature-based or we do something that uh, has to do with the wider world, yes. you know. And so Alabama Story will be one of those. And Then following that, we'll be doing Bright Star. Uh, again, a fairly new show, but Edie Brickell and Steve Martin, Waco native, Steve yes, Martin. Yes,
1: indeed. Yes, indeed. I used to work at the radio station with his uncle. Oh, really? Yeah, right. Oh, that's great. Yeah, Harvey Martin. Yeah. Uh.
2: Yeah. Uh, there are lots of connections I, no, I no, think we'll are. discover. Yeah, There are. Uh, this is a bluegrass musical. It's loosely based on a, a true story uh, wherein a woman, uh, for circumstances that uh, kind of were beyond her control, had to give up a, a child for adoption. And then that child shows up back in her life, and there's a reunion. And uh, it's uh, wrapped, uh, it's moved, because uh, there's an actual story, but uh, this is moved to uh, North Carolina. And uh, the music is all bluegrass and I'm really Fun. looking forward to having Bluegrass on yeah. our stage, you know, banjo player, fiddle player, and Foggy Mountain Breakdown kind of oh, stuff. Oh,
1: of course, and you got access to some great musicians. Oh, my I goodness. L- loved, loved the uh, Hank Williams story. We were not able to get into the Patsy Cline this last season, but man, it was so it was so good. The music we, was so good.
2: That cast in it was remarkable, mm-hmm. just remarkable. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lauren Weber, who played Patsy Cline, and... Um, Christina, have worked professionally. Yeah. And they were the two cast members of that show. And, man, they had the audience eating out of the palm of I their hand. I know they did. Sold every ticket to every show, and we could have done more. Yeah, 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 so uh, I'm hoping we'll bring some more of that energy back to stage next spring.
1: Mm-hmm. All right, and so uh, you know, I interrupted you. No, it's okay. Talk about uh, talk about shows in the past. So where where were we in next season?
2: We're up to uh, a story that's based on a Greek myth mm-hmm. uh, and starred Audrey Hepburn and mm-hmm. Rex Harrison in the mm-hmm. movie version. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, why can't the English speak well? <laughs> <laughs> great story, uh, my fair lady. Move your bloomin'! <laughs> yes, exactly. Dover! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, such great stuff in there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, hurricanes in, uh, oh, now it's gone, it hardly ever happened. Hampshire, that's it. That's right. Hurricanes in Hampshire hardly ever happen.
1: Hardly ever happen. Oh, <laughs> so much fun! And those your musicals are big casts. I was yes. so honored to be a part of Mamma Mia mm-hmm. <laughs> last year. That was year. fun. That was fun. I, I told you I was an embedded reporter, you know, <laughs> yes. in, in that because I just really was curious how you go from casting to opening night in like six weeks, or it really seemed like less than that. But I was fascinated with how quick a turnaround. These shows are as big as they are.
2: Uh, well, it's that you know, if some is good, more is better. Uh, <laughs> so we're always doing more shows. We do thirteen shows a year, sometimes yeah. fourteen, and you know uh, that means more than one a month. I'm that good at math. So we're always working on <laughs> two shows, sometimes three, sometimes four. In December it gets kind of tricky because we do two uh, Christmas shows simultaneously, right? And more... and so
1: many things for kids. Yes, absolutely. That's what's so huge because you've got a whole crop of young people who are who are wanting to learn.
2: Yes. Uh, It is part of you mentioned Mamma Mia, and that's a great uh, story in terms of not just the response because the audience loved that show. Oh, they did. We added shows, sold out those too. There were so many shows. (laughs) Yes, uh, including one in which uh, uh, a homegrown talent uh, got to step up at the very end uh, as uh, who was the understudy and got to perform Victoria Brewer. Oh,
1: I will never forget that.
2: Yeah, the way the cast rallied around her and and she
1: knocked it out of the park. She did, as we knew she would. Mm -hmm. But I mean, that was a That's a big role. There was a lot involved and she did a great job understudying because there were some times that your leading lady was, you know, had to be out or was sick or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But you have such a wealth of talent here locally because the the main female roles were double cast. I mean, and that that does help when it comes to
2: illness. It does. It, it uh, gives you kind of an insurance policy, yeah. but it also creates more opportunity, and that's, you know, mm-hmm. you mentioned large casts. I'm a huge fan of overcasting shows, you yes. know, so that more people have opportunity, because on the main stage, we only have six times a year, you know, for adults to perform, and for children's theaters, there's only four times a year where they're guaranteed there's a children's theater production, and so... Uh, having a, sh- a show like My Fair Lady or The Wizard of Oz uh, or Beauty and the Beast, in which you've got you know people from six years old to s- to seventy, is wonderful because lots more people have a chance to perform. Um, and I think the other thing about Mahami that was great for me that I enjoyed so much about that is that sense of community, you know, that showed up when Victoria oh, yeah. had to step up. Yes, but throughout the whole show, mm-hmm. uh, it's the experience that people are craving. It's not just being on stage; it's hanging out with those other people. It's forming lasting friendships
1: and meeting new. For me, meeting new people were totally kind of out of my orbit
2: mm-hmm. of
1: of of life. But
2: um, people what such a interesting presi- stories, you know.
1: Yes, and and such uh, precious memories that I have of that as well. Well, we are, gosh, you know, it was always, possible. it it? always goes so fast (laughs) when we do the television version, you had three and a half minutes and I knew it was never enough. And here we've got a little bit more time, but I want to wrap things up um, with, uh, of course, you were the first really professional actor that I've gotten to interview so far on the, hopefully not the last one, but uh, the first one I've really gotten to, to chat with. And of course, I know, you know, of the great late James Lipton has yes. passed away not too long ago, but mm-hmm. his show Inside the Actor's Studio, he would end the show with questions based on Bernard Pivot's um, questions from mm-hmm. a popular French television show and Marcel Proust. And so these are my, is my take on it. So I'm going to ask you, what's your favorite word?
2: Opportunity. I think it uh, talks about what I do in my work, but it also talks about... Uh, the way that uh, if, you ha- if you're if you a person of faith or if you're a person uh, who believes in the goodness of humanity, every day is an opportunity, every conversation, uh, every uh, week, every month, every year. And we, we're fond of making New Year's resolutions. I like to do that more on a daily basis. What's going to be my focus today? What opportunities are there for me? Um, and so that's the first thing that came to Good. mind. Good.
1: What, what's your least favorite word? Hatred. Okay. Yeah. What turns you on creatively, spiritually, or emotionally? I think uh,
2: it has to do with opportunity. Mm-hmm. It has to do with openings. It has to do with uh, the being alive in the moment, you know, and how being alive in each moment cre- is a whole new opportunity, a whole new universe. That moment has never existed before, and they keep unfolding and keep unfolding. As long as we're here, uh, that opening uh, and that uh, chance to recreate or be recreated in every moment is... Uh, probably the most gratifying thing
1: now that's I think a lesson we're all kind of learning right now in these really
2: being present unusual times yeah grateful for it grateful
1: for it Uh, what turned you off
2: you know aside from I I guess the first thing came to my mind was ugliness right Mm -hmm, you know people being unkind to each other uh uh, it's being closed off uh to others experience uh to one's own experience
1: what sound do you love
2: I love the sound of chimes of bells Mm -hmm. yeah uh, in uh, Bruce Springsteen's song "A uh, Hungry Heart" is yeah. the first time I can remember that he had them in the background of uh, one of the choruses. And I went, "What a beautiful sound!" And I've, yeah. I've loved it oh, at, at least that cool. long. Yes. So
1: not so much more cowbell, but no, more...
2: <laughs> <laughs> got to have more cowbell. But I prefer the chimes. <laughs> but
1: yes. you prefer the chimes. Yes. What, what sound do you hate?
2: The grinding of teeth.
1: <laughs> okay, <laughs>
2: including my own. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
1: Uh, what other profession would you like to try?
2: Uh, rock climbing.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah.
2: I, I did know I that know, was a I don't know but... if there's a career in that or not, <laughs> but I know there's people who are at least famous in that world. Uh, and, there are. And that seems like uh, amazing freedom and being in touch with every single moment. Where does my hand, where's my foot go? And look at this rock, the sky, the wind, you know, and every inch of my body's alive in that moment. I've climbed small rocks, but you know.
1: Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does sound like you've got some experience there. Just a little. Yeah. What job do you know you
2: would not want Garbage man.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we need him. We
2: need him. Oh, yeah. I'm glad yeah. that people do it. I just don't want to be the guy who does that, I guess. That's the first <laughs> thing that came to mind. Maybe right. a major league umpire. That might be tough, too.
1: Oh, yeah. Out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, finally, what do you want to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates?
2: Good job. Well done.
1: And that is how we will end our okay. chat today. I hope it's not the last one. Same here. But uh, it was always good to have you on repeatedly on the TV version of Central Texas Living. And so lovely to get this chat with you, Eric. Me too. Eric Shepard. I appreciate the With the, the Waco opportunity Civic Theater. Get, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and get your season tickets.
2: Please. Yeah. Great shows in store. And it'll be so good when we can get back together again.
1: hmm Central Texas Living is part of the Rogue Media Network family. Be sure to check out their other shows at roguemedianetwork.com. Please rate us five stars on iTunes and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Join us again soon for more Central Texas Living, the podcast. This has been
0: Rogue Media Network Podcast.